Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. I'm Ann Samoylov and I want to thank you for joining me today. We are going to be talking about teams and I'm going to be reviewing a little bit of what I've covered very haphazardly over the last week over on Periscope. So if you're not following me over there yet, definitely head over to Periscope, download that app. You can also watch it in the Twitter feed. I found that out by accident. And just follow me at Ann Samoylov. And then also, one more thing, this Friday, depending on when you're listening to this, September 18th, I am hosting a live class, live workshop, all about training your team to launch. It's going to be great for bosses and people who are on the team. So buy it for yourself, buy it for your team members, and come to the class. It's uh, super affordable. I'm making this an easy investment, an easy yes for you. So head on over to ansamoylove.com forward slash shop and check out the training link. Uh, All right, let's get into it. Hey guys. So this week's show, I am taking a little bit of a departure from the interviews that I recently started, but we'll be back on that next week. This week, since I am hosting a special class, I thought it was important to kind of dive into that a little bit, but not so much like that this is going to be about that that class but actually review some of the content and some of the stuff that I shared this last week and this week on Periscope. So, if you guys aren't following me over there, definitely head over because I'm over there most days of the week. I'm broadcasting live almost every single morning. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's a little bit, you know, I kind of just feel that out when I'm available, but on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, I do a top three, setting your top three with me in the morning. So let's just dive into this content today about teams because I know I've talked a lot about, and and if you've been around in my world, then you know that I do believe that we as business owners, we can do a lot on our own. We can do a lot for a long time on our own. And I've seen people take various approaches to hiring people, whether they hired people right when they started, they were still at a day job, they hired, you know, maybe a full-time assistant, which is actually kind of a great place to be because you have money to you're you you've got a consistent income from your day job, you're building your business, but man, if I could go back and have someone working for me full-time during during that time when I was working full-time, oh my gosh, that would have been amazing. But regardless, I think that The point that I always try to make to people and just kind of get people to understand is you may not need people right now. You may be able to do everything yourself now in the beginning, but at some point you are going to need to make an investment in your business. And one of those investments that you make as you grow the business is going to be people, is going to be people helping you, just like you have to do guest posts to reach new audiences, you are also going to have to hire people to help you do more of what you're trying to do. So just look at it as as even just one person helping you can potentially help you make an extra 50000 this year or 20000 or whatever. But that person is clearing out time out of your schedule, out of your busy work that we all get trapped into. I mean, I do too, where I find that I, I've spent the week and I feel really productive and I've done all my blog posting and I've edited all my podcasts and all this 
all this busy work. But at the end of the week, you have to ask yourself, how much did I make this week as a business? Now, if you're just doing things as a hobby, then great. Yeah, sure. Just go with it yourself as as long as you want to. But if you're hoping to make money, make an income from this, create something that is a money-making venture of any kind, you need people to help you. That's just the way it goes. And, And I would actually challenge you if you're a filmmaker or if you are an artist, like a photographer or a fine artist, you need people on your team to help you get your art out to the world. So even if you're not creating something that's necessarily, you know that the, the, the return on your investment and your time into, let's say, making art might not be instant. It could be if you had help. So that's enough on that's enough on why I feel like you just need a team to just expand what you can do, who you can reach, and allow you to really spend your time doing things where you're thinking about, okay, what am I going to do with this product? Is it something that I want to keep doing? Whereas if you are the only one doing things, you're worried more about is the blog post up? Did I finish that video? Did I edit that video? Did I tweet out today? Is my Instagram picture up? And those that second list, those are busy pieces of busy work that can lead you to profit, but a lot more slowly. So once you've got this is this is like I said, a review of some of the things that I talked about on Periscope this week. And I, I felt like it was really worth it to come and share this with you as well, because I realized not everybody's on Periscope, not everybody's in every single place. And I'm a huge fan of repurposing because when you've got a small team, you don't want to be creating ton. It's not like you have writers on staff yet. Um, and I don't. So uh, I definitely like to repurpose, reuse, make sure that I'm sharing the content in different and new ways. And I know that there are a lot of people who are on the Periscopes that are listening to the podcast. So hopefully you enjoy this. So once you've got a team, or let's see, even one person, I feel like the most important thing, the most important step you can take as a business owner, as a boss is to invest in those people who work with you. So that can come in a different forms. You but regardless, you've got to set them up for success. It's your responsibility to teach the people who you hire to do well. You need to teach them how you do what you do. So how you are, how you operate in the business. And what it's going to feel like is that there are that there are skills that you hire for. You want someone who knows Infusionsoft. You want someone who knows WordPress. You want someone who knows Hootsuite. You want someone who understands social media marketing. You want someone, you know, you want people who know how to use tools, but you are not a tool. <laughs> well, maybe you are, but you you need to find a way to under, help people, train people to work with you specifically. So this is this is something that, I feel like people are missing out big time. They hire someone from Odesk. They say, do this for me. When the person doesn't do it, they let them go. And I say, why not take a little bit of extra time, let that person understand what what your process is. So they they might know everything in the world about formatting blog posts, but what if they don't do it like you do? 
You might have your pictures treated in a specific way. You might like your links looking in a specific way. You might like a click to tweet in every blog post. So it's important to set those people up for success by being really clear about your process and sharing that with them. This is something that I find that really comes to light when you're launching. So when you're launching, and let's say you're looking for a team to help you launch, you really want them up to speed fast. I mean, it makes sense because you're hiring them for a specific project. You want them to get up to speed. You want them to do their job, and then you that's it. However, I have found in the past that unless someone is literally a affiliate manager who's used exactly your same tools, that they will, even if they know every single thing, they're going to need to know and understand your voice. They're going to need to understand about the product that you're selling. There are still, like, even if they kind of understand, they do things in a way you do, they're still going to need to know how you want to handle various questions. They are going to need to understand the product that you're offering so that they can actually help to sell it because that's what customer service people can can really do during a launch is help you get more sales. So this is this is kind of one of those things that I always think about when I'm bringing on new people. I'm thinking, I know this person knows how to do this thing that I've hired them for. But they might not know what makes me kind of a little bit of a freak. You've got to share your freakishness with the people you hire because they need to know that you don't want to see any of the bad comments. You, You only want to see the positive comments because during a launch, you get really sidetracked and you're really... It's easy for you to look at other people's papers. So you don't want to know about other people's launches during your own. You don't want to, you you want people on your team to be like, yeah, say no to that opportunity right now because we're in the middle of a launch. You're going to want to know, give that information to them so that they understand, okay, Anne is a little bit, gets sidetracked easily. So we just need to make sure that whatever whatever we have on our schedule, whatever we're supposed to push to her to do is actually something she should do. And reading emails from that, you know, whatever, I don't actually get too many complaint emails, but let's just say if I did, or an email, even an email that says something about like, I really don't know if this is my, this is my situation. I don't know if I should sign up for fearless launching. In that case, you as the customer service person need to be able to find the answers. And it's okay if you have like that initial meeting with the boss and say, okay, so tell me who the right person is for this so that when when people start emailing me, I can then say, yes, this is, no, this isn't. Now, again, you might handle things differently. I actually don't want the customer service to respond to that person. I, I want them to say, okay, this person sent me a lot of information about themselves. Let me forward it to you and you can send them a voice memo. I actually like doing the personal interaction myself. So that would be an important piece of information to give the customer service person. So anyways, I think you get my point. So here are the three things that you should be doing when to make sure that like you're the people you're working with as you're bringing them up to speed this is these are like the basics really one as you're teaching them have people have have those exact people who are doing the thing that they're doing document it 
then you'll be creating your wiki, your your kind of central hub location as you, as they go along. So, for instance, let's go back to this customer service person. Have them start a running document for frequently asked questions. You start the document with the FAQs that should already be on your sales site or your sales page, and then they add to it so that in the future future launches, they can always go back to the FAQs. They can update them with dates, prices, anything else that might be frequently asked. This is not for anybody else but your customer service person and your team. It's really for your team, so that's why it needs to be in the central location. Uh, Number two, you also do need that central area where people can drag their process, drag what they're doing, drag their documents where it shows what they're doing. So for the B-School launches that I worked on, we had a central B-School area where we just pulled all of the Google Docs. And one person was kind of in charge of the Docs, but each person who was involved in, let's say, the we had a tech person, like a captain of the tech team, a captain of the affiliate team, um, the launch, the launch queen, me. And I was, uh, there was also a content area. So there were emails. Um, those, those different documents were held by different people. They were created by different people. Let's say, uh, Marie had a document um, to for the open cart emails. And as soon as those were in there, Laura could also look at them. Um, there was the content for the actual course. That information was in there. And who was working on what? Was Marie working on one thing or was Laura working on the other? Now, again, for those of you who are just joining this whole world, uh, at one point, Marie, Marie and Laura Roeder co-created the program for the first two years and co-presented the program. And then Laura decided, made the decision to not be part of B-School for the remainder of the time. So you might have just learned about Marie Forleo. You might have, you know, not even had any interaction with Laura because she she and I were part of that, the first two B-Schools. So regardless, so have that one central area where everybody, including the course creators, can pull everything for the program. Um, there are a lot of things that are going to, that can be in that hub. And I'm going to share some of those things on that class that I'm teaching. So if you are interested as we're going along, make sure to head over to bit.ly forward slash uppercase launching, uppercase team, all kind of one word smushed together. And then once you are, once you've got like people writing out what they're, what you're teaching them about your, how you like things done and they're listing out how they do things, you know, what's going to happen is you're going to have this nice central area. And then number three, part of this teaching process, part of investing in people is setting expectations for them so that they know what is a good job. What does, what does Anne expect of me? in this position? How will I know I'm doing a good job? Is she going to tell me when I'm going doing a good job? Or is she going to ignore me if I'm not doing a good job? Tell people even those little personal ticks about how you operate. And then you'll, you'll be much better. <laughs> the thing is during a launch, you kind of forget to, to be human in a lot of ways. So I think it's important to set those expectations right up front and say, if you do something that I don't think is right, I'm going to tell you. If you do something 
I mean, if you do something wrong, I'm going to tell you. If you do something right, you might not hear me say good job. But if you're ever wondering, just ask me, is this the right way you want me to handle this? Um, And set expectations. If you want people to work super independently, then great. Have them work independently. But it's important that people understand like what's going to make a good job, what's going to make a bad job, what's going to get me fired, you know, that kind of thing. And I hate doing the whole, this is what's going to, this is what's going to drive me up the wall and will really impact the launch. Um, so those, that was, that was one scope that I covered those kind of how to, how to invest in people, how to do that initial training. And it's really just getting people to understand your process, making sure they document it and update it themselves, the people you've hired, and keep a keep it all in one place so that they can access it, you can access it, everybody can, not everybody can edit it, but that they, they have a clear place to go for the one, two, three checklist. I know that there are some tools, and I'll go over those in the end, but there are tools to manage these processes, and it actually makes it super easy for your team. I'm not using one of those, but from what I hear, they are really useful. So next, let's talk a little bit about some easy ways to keep your team on track. So A, this is a problem because if you're working virtually, then you may simply not be in the same time zone as them. You aren't getting emails. Sometimes people just fall off the face of the earth and you're like, oh my gosh, um, I don't know what's going on. And so then there's there's this whole thing where you don't want to bother people. Again, if you're paying people, you have a right to bother people and ask them what the status of what they're working on is. And if they don't respond to you, bye-bye. So communication and, and no communication is a complete deal breaker for me personally. So weekly meetings, I like to have at least one weekly meeting with anybody on my team. So uh, there are some there are some variants, various ways that I do that. But generally, like if someone's doing certain things for the company, like if they're doing a lot of the publishing, a lot of the content, then I want to make sure that A, I have consistent communication in other ways. Okay. So having weekly meetings with people on the team are really important. If you can have one big one with everybody, great. If you want to have weekly just check-ins with individuals, that's fine too. Whatever's easiest for you. And I say Skype is good, Hangout, Google Hangout is good. Do what you can do. You know, if you guys are in the same area, just meet in person, have a coffee date, maybe have a work session. It's really important because then you can get a clear, here's what's going to happen this week. I also like having it either at the beginning or the end of the week because then you can focus on either what's coming. I, I always really like to say, okay, what happened this week? Great. How Moving forward, what do we do next week? Um, what are your challenges? What are the questions you still have about this stuff that we're doing? And it really keeps people on track because I also work weekly myself. I like to look at what needs to get done this week. Um, next, now this is the next type of meeting I'm going to suggest really works well if you have more than one or two people on your team. It sometimes feels a little bit repetitive if there's just one of you. And I'm going to give you another option if you only have one other person or if it's just you. So especially during the month before your launch, do daily stand-ups, daily stand-up meetings. Basically, they're five minutes long. 
every single morning, crack it on. The first thing, the earliest you can do them, the better in the day. Again, I always like to do beginning of the day for myself or end of the day because you can always say, today, here's what we're going to do, or tomorrow, here's what we're going to do. I'm always looking forward. So it's it's where people say, here's what I worked on today. Here's what I worked on. Here's what I just finished that was from yesterday. Here's what I'm working on now. Here's what I'm challenged with. And I may need to have a meeting about this, this, and this. It's not a long, drawn-out conversation. It's a five-minute tops uh, meeting, not per person, but total. So people have to literally jam through whatever it is that they're doing or they've done or they need help with. Um, and again, um, these are the daily standups I do think work better with like a, a few more people. When, when I was working at LKR, we would do them with five, I think we had five or six people. Uh, I know that Marie Forleo's team does them. I think that's a great, great thing. I, I just think it's, it's really keeps people like, especially if you're worried about spending money on people, you want to know that things are getting done every single day. Am I right? So if you're working alone though, I would say sit down weekly and do the weekly call with yourself and just say, what's coming up this week? Bam. You just answer the question. Um, and then daily, you also do the daily. You look at, you look at the days prior and the day of and the day of, and make sure that you're on track for finishing whatever you said you're going to do. And now, one thing I will suggest again is that if you are working alone, come to the come to the periscopes that I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you'll at least have three stand-ups with me where I talk to you about what I'm doing, what my top three are for the day. So yeah, do the practice anyways. Get used to doing that daily check-in with yourself and also sitting down weekly, maybe on Sundays. This is another thing that I do as well, even though I do have a weekly Thursday afternoon meeting um, with with the person who is doing most of the execution work, who's getting things done for me. I'm sending them a list of stuff to get done and they're doing it. Um, I do have different types of meetings with people, but I like to keep it very, very simple. And I do like one-on-one meetings because I think there's something that feels a little bit pressured about a group meeting where you're all just getting together and saying, okay, here's what I'm doing. And maybe I'll feel differently once I have like five or six people on the team. I won't want to have five individual meetings because then my life is meetings. Um, One thing I want to suggest is whether you're working with one person or yourself, there is a great tool, and that actually leads me into tools that actually can help your team you know, stay connected, really rock out your launch, and these are ones that I love using. Uh, I use Google Docs because, obviously, I work a lot inside Google Docs. I, I love chatting inside documents. If someone says, hey, can you pop in there and make sure that those show notes are good? I pop in. I might like There's like a little chat area in there, not even just comments, but you can leave comments. You can tag your team members. You can have other people look at them. I love that. Um, I also love Asana that they have this great team conversation area, and it's already been working like crazy for me because I was able to send out a, here's what's going to be on the table for this week. Here's what we need to get done and when. Like I just gave a quick rundown of the week and... Now it's really clear what what we're doing. Um, And I think that sometimes communication from you is what's missing. So people don't like to just work in a vacuum and not sure what they're working towards. So if people understand what they're working towards, then 
They feel a lot more invested. Um, And then I also love a tool, which I don't actually use too often right now, but I I am going to start using this uh, just because my team is super small. And it's, uh, it's a little... It's a little uh, app called I Done This, idonethis.com, and it's literally the best tool ever because it's something everyone sees. People can make notes uh, on what they did. You can like go back and look at your own productivity, and what what you'll see are patterns of how long it took people to do things. Also, what's great is that because I hire from Upwork, you can go in and be like, oh wow, um, so. Doing the blog post last week took a little bit longer because she didn't have all the information. But when I sent her all the information here for the post and she got everything all up at once, it really only took her like 20 to 30 minutes, even with me giving feedback. So that actually helps you improve how long tasks take to get done. Totally um, suggest that. Uh, another another one I'm looking at is Slack, and I have mentioned this before. And we've had some people uh, actually email me, which was great, with some um, how to use Slack and how how it works really well with groups. So expect to hear more on that soon. And then one other thing I like to use. And this is with um, now. Granted, I don't use all these tools sometimes. I'll have like a core group like Asana, Google Docs, uh, and Dropbox are my main kind of things that I use. But then during a launch, I might bring in I Done This or Slack or something like that so that it's minute-to-minute communication so that if someone needs me for something, they can get it to me. If someone needs to make a note of something they did, it can get to me right away. And I love that. I love, 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 love that. Uh, with a web designer, I also was, I loved using Trello with the web designer who updated my whole website and, and members area, I think like a year ago. She and I loved working in it because it was really clear. Here's what, here, here's your list of stuff to do. And then every time she dragged it to, she would drag it to different kind of, um, kind of areas of the Trello board. And it was so easy. It was like, okay, here's what she's working on. Oh, here's what I've got to review. Oh, here's what's done. And once all the cards were moved from from left to right, the site was ready. (laughs) Go figure. So I I say use the least amount of tools you can, but make sure whatever tools you are using, you can communicate with each other very easily. So the first thing we talked about is how to get people up to speed, uh, how to onboard people, teach them your process and what to do as far as keeping those processes really clear and actually using it to create a hub for your launch, for your business. Um, And then we talked about how to stay on track with your team, a few little tips for that. And then finally, we just went through just a few tools that I use to help my team really rock out any project we're working on. Again, I want to just go through those again. So the main tools I use are Asana, Google Docs, and Dropbox. Dropbox has become hugely important this year, so I've had to really reorganize in there uh, because there's different people putting different things in different places, but it's now also part of my the way that I work with my VA, which is really helpful. It's been the way that I've worked with... Um, I'm calling her my art director because she just does a bunch of different things, art and content director, and yeah, 
and then other people as I've needed them to, like affiliates, like an affiliate manager, and who else? Who else was in there? Um, even just other types of partnerships, like where let's say someone was going to do a presentation for the Fearless Launchers. Um, those are great ways to do collabor- collaborative work. Um, but I do highly suggest trying things out like Slack, I done this com and find a, find something that works for you. So I'm I'm talking about teams this week, and it's really because of this class. I haven't launched a new class or course since Fearless Launching, and when I launched Fearless Launching, it was literally like I wasn't sure if it was even like for some reason I always am at this point where I'm like, you know, I know this is valuable. I have people asking me questions about this enough to know that it's a real need. But for some reason in me, I have the momentary kind of beta lack of confidence thinking, let's just see how it goes. So I am not, that's why I decided not to create this full on newly branded course where I was, where I knew for sure what was going to happen with it. I just knew I needed to get the training and the value out to you. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to do a standalone live masterclass. If it goes really well, I'll 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 develop it into a larger offering, and perhaps I will, you know, do some you know consulting here and there for various people who need help with their teams or need help before they they hire their teams. So that's why I'm doing this, and that's also why the pricing is so low. I mean, you guys know Fearless Launching is like a thousand bucks to join that community, get get access to the materials, get all the ongoing support that's in the group, and you know, be invited to all the community events that we have, and that's great. But I I always am very aware that I want to also make things available for the people who. Uh, haven't made their first investment yet. And for a team, teams are those, that is that first investment that feels a little bit uncomfortable. So that's why this class is, this class is 47 bucks. Um, sometimes I'm not sure if I should actually say the price out loud because I'm not sure, you know, like I know some people have various views on that, but that's what it is. It's like 47 bucks. And if you know that fearless launching was way less than a thousand when I started it. So if this turns into a full-on course, it's never going to be this again. It's never going to be 47 bucks again. Even if I do it live again, it will not be 47 bucks. But if you join and you come to the class or you just sign up for the class and get all the replays and all the materials that I'll be sending out, that's fine too. And you'll get all the updates. So that means for 47 bucks, you pretty much know that if I ever do this again, if you ever need support on your team stuff, team you know, drama, that you can get it from me probably for the least amount that anybody else will, other people will get it if they find out about the class or the workshop later. Um, and, and again, like I know this team's topic is tough because some of you are like, I'm not even sure I'm ready to hire a team. And I get it because I, I went from, you know, working on a big ish. I mean, I've worked on different size teams offline and online, really like ones that were ramped up for launches and then went back to the core team of like four or five people. Or maybe were two other people, two core people that expanded to like six or seven people during the launch. Um, But let me tell you, I've spent most of this year working on my own because I got a little bit stung by people leaving or people letting me down and 
feeling like, well, you can't find anybody who can do it better than you, so might as well just do it yourself. And that was a huge mistake. Because of that, my business has actually stayed the same this year. And to me, that's like worse than death. The static, you know, I know static can also mean stable, but for me, I always have to have the sense that I'm growing. So if you want to grow, (laughs) this is what you need to do is get yourself to this class and you're going to learn when to hire for your launch team. If you don't have people working with you right now, you're going to learn what's that minimum viable team you should have in place. We'll talk about different types of teams to consider supporting your next launch. And my recommendations for you, depending on where your business is right now, um, we'll also talk about some of the expectations everyone needs to get on board with before work starts on the launch. And that doesn't necessarily mean everyone needs to know a specific tool or or how to do a specific task. Those, these are actually soft skills that become super important during the launch. I'm going to talk about some real situations that have happened in launches and real solutions for some of the most common launch, what I'm calling F-ups, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, And you will get a bit of a director's cut of the launch process for you and your launch team. So who should be doing what, what should be happening when, what should not be happening, (laughs) and and when people have taken things too far, like when you really have to step in and remove someone from your team, that that's a scary proposition right there. That's a scary thing to have to do. We're also going to talk more about some additional tools to keep your team on track, like really dig inside and kind of see what needs to really be in place before you, you decide to launch with that team. And we're also going to talk about something that I have never really talked about publicly, and that's how to work with partners and their teams. Because if you've thought of doing affiliate programs or you know joint ventures of any kind, those people are going to have their team of people. So how do you work with their teams as well? So when you bring in multiple teams together, things get a little dramatic sometimes. Um, and of course, there's going to be plenty of time for your questions and answers. And one of the first things that I ask you when you sign up for the class is I, I send an email to you asking you specifically your situation so that I can make sure that we spend a good chunk of time on exactly where you are. So all the advice in the world I can give you will be a- applicable at some point down the line, but your real life launch situation right now, team or no team, um, that's what's going to help you get to the next level. So head over to bit.ly forward slash launching team and reserve your seat. Come on, people, get on over there. And I am so excited for this class. You have no idea. I have literally been voxing friends and best business besties about the launching the team Teams project all year. And I, that's why I decided to finally do it because I said, you know what? Not everything's going to be perfect. You don't know if you want to do this as a product. That's why you keep floundering back and forth. So now I'm just doing it. And I hope you join me, join with me. Okay, that's all for now. And I hope that was helpful for you. I hope that you got a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of insight into some ways to kind of make your team a little bit stronger you know, you to keep track of what's going on on the team um, and maybe help you with the whole management piece, which is kind of like, eh, 
if you've managed people, it's still eh. You don't want to, like, I don't want to manage people. And that's been my background for now, like more than 15 years. I've been, I've been pulling teams together and managing teams offline, online, and I still don't want to manage my team. I just want them to do their work, know what to do and bring it to me. And we grow and we can, we can have more team members and they'll know what to do, but that isn't how it works. You've got to invest in them. So I hope you do that. And I will see you guys on Scope, Periscope. If you're on Periscope, I'm on there almost every day of the week, even on the weekends. I I usually take one day off, but I'm usually on the weekends. So again, if you are thinking about launching, don't go it alone. I hope to see you at this live class and I hope to hear from you. If you've got some team stories you want to share with me, you want to cry on my shoulder about your team stories, your team drama, then email me at ann at ansmorlove.com. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast again. I truly, truly value each and every one of you and love knowing that my voice is reaching someone other than my cat who was meowing like a maniac before and I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you get your ideas into tangible form, have you find people that will help you, support you, and get those ideas out into the world. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week, and I will speak to you very soon.